It's Monday, April 3rd, and this is Season 7, Episode 29 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Rick. Hello. Michael. Hey there. And Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. Well, I, I want to get start this conversation with today's match uh, before we have a lot to catch up on. We've been off for two weeks, so uh, we're going to have to get you all caught up on our opinions on everything that's happened the, the past week and a half. Uh, but first, let's talk about this uh, miserable day today that we had. And, uh, and we're recording li- live at the pub after watching the match, so I think our perspectives are going to be pretty fresh on this. Um, but we came into this Everton match. Um, you know, we, we knew we were sitting with Stellini as our t- uh, uh, temporary coach. Um, we, we knew there really wasn't options to change up the, uh, the, the squad that much because of player injuries. So we kind of knew what we were going to be throwing out there. Uh, but we, I think we were all kind of hoping that it would be a little bit better. And I think we got the, in the first 10 minutes, we, we did see a, a, a little bit of an improvement. And it was like, okay. Maybe we can play this system a little bit more aggressively, a little bit more uh, col- colorfully. Colorfully, I'm right, well, there's I'm your there's, there. there's your episode yeah, title, like, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> colorfully. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to be teeing Rick up here for a good rant that he wants to say. So I'm going to dive right into it. But it's something that you just said, where you said we kind of knew everyone knew what we were going to be throwing out there and what our lineup was going to look like well if we four of us standing here at the pub if we could tell you what that was going to look like what do you think everton and their coaching staff like sean dyche's team like they knew what we were going to line up with and that's where we continue to put ourselves in this hole where we have no flexibility and we have no if we knew we were going to throw out two midfielders and we we're going to have the exact lineup that every one of us could predict what do you think Everton was thinking for the last two weeks as they had two weeks to prepare for this? It wasn't as if they had an abundance of guys on international duty. So they were probably prepping for this, and it, it showed. It's, again, it's exactly like you said. We had 10 minutes where we really looked like we were going for it in the beginning, and still there was nothing to show for it. And Everton was like, well, we know that's every team now knows that all you have to do is put an extra midfielder out there, and you'll find a way to either get a point late or find a way to wear us down and we saw it again today rick you want to take this one (laughs) for those listening rick's face right now looks like he's about to explode so we'll let him have this i've said this probably a thousand times this season we get outnumbered in midfield two two players against three the everton lineup was four five one four five one so they basically could mark Sun and Kane and still have two defenders. They also have got one person up front where we've got three players marking one player. That means they have five players in midfield against our, you know, basically four, but two of them are wing backs. So it's basically five players against two. It's ridiculous. I mean, uh, whoever's running our club, they don't seem to take into account what the opposition they're going to do. They, they don't seem to... They, they, they seem to think, we're going to play this way, it doesn't matter what the opposition do. But the opposition say, well, they're going to do that, so we're going to overload the midfield, and it doesn't matter how much less quality we have, because we have more quality than they do. But it doesn't matter how much less quality we have, we're just going to outnumber them. So what happens in the game? We get outmuscled, out-hustled and, you know, and out-tackled in the central midfield and we give up possession 
stupidly. Now, I have a question to ask all of you, the three of you, okay? We play out from the back, okay? But, but this seems to be our reasoning. When, we have the, when, the, when our goalkeeper has the ball, we play out from the back. Now, answer me this. Is this a sensible tactic when our, our three centre-backs are not ball players and our two central midfielders are not ball players? The only players with skill that can go past the man are the two wingers. So why do we play out the back? Why don't we just launch the ball to one of the wingers? I don't understand. I don't understand it either. Nope. And it, it, uh, we'll let Michael tackle this first, though. Well, I I mean, what is there to say? Uh, all the people who would make decisions uh, in this club are no longer working for the club. I don't even know at this point who's making the tactical decisions or the substitutions. Uh, is it? I mean, we'll talk about Conte and all the rest uh, in the second half here, but Wow. We don't even have anyone to take ownership over these decisions. And you have to wonder if at this point we're riding on autopilot. Autopilot. No no, no proactive decision-making like you said, Rick. No thought before the game about what we might do. And now we're so injury-limited that even when we may want to make a change to what we're going to do, and I don't know who would make that decision at this rate, um, you know, we don't even have the players to do it. And if we do, we don't seem interested in playing him. So uh, I agree. This, this, we are on autopilot, and we're on autopilot aiming directly into the ground. Well, so the thing for me is there's – and I, I, I think there's got to be something about the leadership with this team. And I, I think the best place to tackle it is when you look at the fact that we got a guy sent off like, – or Everton had a man sent off, a midfielder, by the way – and we then got the penalty very quickly afterwards. Where was the leadership? Where was that hunger and that desire from anybody on the pitch? What person was taking over saying, let's go end this? Let's go. Let's yeah, go we, we score a second goal. Yeah, over. it's over. Exactly. Why in the hell? And again, then you look at the managerial decisions. The first sub to come on was Sanchez. What message does that send? That now says we're looking at this as a defensive point of view and we're going to hope that nothing bad happens and we can keep a 1-0 win. That's a risky way to play in the Premier League because everyone we saw was a keen that hit the fucking cracker. That's, that's something that everyone in the Premier League is capable of doing if you give them the opportunity. If you just went and ended the game against 10 men, a relegation side, like that's all. Like, where was that leadership? And again, we're all going to talk about the fact that I mean, we don't even have to do LVP. We know it's Lucas Mora. There's no way around it. Lucas Mora was the LVP. But that being said, that was probably the least problematic thing. That, that was probably the least thing, or that bugged me the least out of all of this shit today. We had one shot on target from open play in the entire game. Two shots on target total, one from open play because one counts as the penalty goal. So from open play, we had one shot on target against a relegation side. Like, that is fucking awful. Well, do you think maybe that's the reason why we put a defender on first? Could because there, there, there's a, but like Rick said, it's it's, we, it's a quality. There's no faith in it's the a quality of our team to 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 try and but score why, a, a second goal. Where does we that, have to get our one from the penalty anyway. But where does that lack of faith come from? What what has happened in which well, every one of these the system? Yeah, like all the of these players have no Rick clue said. what they're doing. Son was a ghost today. Kulachevsky was awful. Kane was again. As Rick had mentioned, the way that they set up, they were allowed to keep two men on Kane for basically the entirety of the match. So it's like, I, I, I just don't know where this team has gone so 
they've lost their way in such a way that but they have no but confidence. See, that's a managerial thing, because if you know that's what they're going to do, we have Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world. We know they're going to double up on him. So what do you do? You play Kane up front on his own, and you add the extra midfielder, and there people running past him. That's what you do. But, you know, you're playing Son, and you're playing Son in a system where he can't run onto the ball. He's, he's, he's always coming short and having the ball pass to him. He, he's got his back to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Back exactly. to the goal which is exactly the wrong way that Son plays. Yeah. It's, like you're, it's like he has a bad game, but it's not his fault. You know, he's been asked to do something that's not his game. It's the system. It's the system. Well, and I, and also there's a pro- real problem with Son. He doesn't look up anymore. Like I, he was always the type of player that, that keeps his eye on the ground and just runs with it. But he never even looks up for that pass anymore. No, and but the, how, and but when how, he does let the ball go, it, it 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 goes astray to no one. But how many times did you see Son run onto the ball? But so a through pass that's running and he's running onto it. No. How it, many times in that game did that happen? And None. It, and it was never going to happen. So that's why he wasn't the right player for this no, match. No. So you put him on the bench and you yeah. add the midfielder. Yeah. It's not complicated. Yeah, exactly. And then you can bring Son off the bench, like after yeah, we're, we're up a goal, we're, we're up a couple of goals, and they're, they're pressing forward. Yeah. But. Uh, and run at tired legs. It's like we've been talking about it all year, but like they insist on playing Sun for like the whole fucking match, every single match, and it it's it hasn't worked all season in this system. And I'm not I'm not saying Sun's bad, but Sun can't play in this system anymore. Most of the players can't yeah. play in this system. Right, yeah. right. Beyond Sun, I mean, uh, across the board. Our players individually can play better than they are playing in this system. And what do we want a system and a manager to do to amplify the strengths of the players? That's really what it is. And we have chosen, we have castrated ourselves, really. Um, and I stand corrected. There's the episode title. <laughs> castrating ourselves. We, we have castrated ourselves. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Frankly, even with the chances that, 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 that Everton had today against a mid-table team or slightly above relegation team, we could have lost 3-1, to one, I think. Yeah. I mean, we are really we are lucky. Opportunities, yeah. Right. We're lucky that we got away from this Everton match where they were down to 10 men. At for much longer than we were. I mean, we were lucky to get away well, with a point. When you have a look at the stats of this game, it shows you exactly what our problem is. The stats in the game are that Everton had 39% possession. 39. So we had 61% possession. Okay? But shots on, but shots on goal, they had 15 shots on goal. No, they had 15, 15 shots, not 15 all 15 shots, goal. sorry. Yeah, with, with um, six of them on goal. Okay? To our eight and two. Yeah. So that shows you that with less possession, they're getting more territory and more shots off. You know, and more shots off. Well, in and and the reason for it is, again, I'm going to hop back to it, is because they dominated the midfield. So when they did have possession, they pushed us right back and got a shot either on target or off target. Yeah, it, it's it, it, you know you just have to look at the you know the man the manager of a team, the coaching staff and whatever should look at these stats and go. Oh shit! We didn't win the midfield battle. Right. Well, in another, in another thing, again, the thing, one of the big ones, the stat-wise. Look at the fucking heat map. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Look, they, they make heat maps that you can look at, and I, I can look at them and for see. For me, what it's, for me again, we still, and this has been problematic for us for years, dating back to even when we were at our best with Pochettino, we couldn't 
figure out how to crack teams that were like that were parking the bus. No, but see, that was a different situation. No, no, no totally. But here's yeah, what I'm saying: because, because we that, still don't have the ability to do it. And so I thought when we when we got the red card called against, or when Kane did the acting and we got us a man advantage, I literally turned to I think I was standing next to Tommy and I said, I go, "We might be the only team on the planet where getting a man advantage is." Worse. Disadvantage. Yeah, it's it's right. it's they it's pushed. more advantageous for them. They pushed like, after that. Yeah. As soon as we got a man up, I was like, uh oh. Now it's weird. Like we're the only team in existence in the sport that can say that. That we get oh wow, we have a man up and it's like, uh oh, that makes it weird now because they're gonna put men behind the ball and we don't know. We had three corners. Yeah. How do we have three corners when one third of the game we had a man advantage? We should have been bombing down the wings. We should have been trying to do anything we could to get that ball into the box. And instead, we were just like, eh, went up, got a cheeky penalty, and we're like, well, we'll live with that. And do you know why? Do you know why? Because we're playing wingers. We're, play, we're, we're playing wingers. Pansies. No, we're playing wingers as wingbacks. So they have, to, they have to be mindful about being defensive. If they were playing as wingers and not wingbacks, then right. they would go past their men right. across the ball because they would they would know there's a fullback behind them, so they don't have to run back sixty yards every fucking five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're playing, Perisic is not a wingback; he's a winger. And it, even Kulisevsky would be much better if he was free. Exactly. I mean, you can see what he's done. He's making great. I think Kulisevsky today actually did make a lot of runs where he got around somebody on that right side. He but, beat his man a lot. Yeah. Right. He did beat his man a lot. I don't think he's. It was quite as disappointing as you said, but, uh, you know, to what end if he's got to run all the way back immediately as soon, and there's no one in the box room to, to give it to anyways. Uh, th- this, there's, no, there's no way that the system makes everyone work together. So, and, wh- and why do you think we have so many injuries at wingback? That's the reason, because they're pushing. They're, getting, they're, they're pushing. Right. They're pushing and they're stretching themselves and they're exhausting themselves and then they get injuries. And it, I'm, again, with Rick, what you're saying though, I, I think the most important thing, and it all comes down to like that lack of the getting outrun in the midfield. Because again, not only do we have, are we being outrun, all it takes is the opposition to throw an extra man in. The two guys, because of injury at this point, the two guys that we have in the midfield are basically clones of each other. It's not as if like Hoiberg and Skip have their own unique set of skills that that can complement each other. They're the same person. Yeah, they shouldn't be on the pitch at the same time. There was a moment in which, uh, it was right before, which again, we haven't even talked about, Romero getting a yellow card, as always. He's going to get a yellow card. He got a yellow card attacking. Right. Which is insane. He was in Harry Kane's spot. And so that was the problem. It was a moment where Skip just played it off to him and let Romero run into the box. And I was like, why is our center back running into the box charging forward and our midfielders aren't like that is that in itself was the most problematic thing i was like how is no one seeing this this because, is a massive flaw. because the mentality of the two midfielders we have is to defend right. yeah not to attack right the wingers will attack we'll hold the center if, if something comes back towards us because the winger loses the ball and they'll push down the middle you know and benton kind of papered over those cracks for right. a while because he could do a little bit going forward and, and, and to be fair to Hoybier, he has had uh, quite a few goals for, uh, for a midfielder that's so defensive-minded. I mean, he has like about six goals a season. I think but, individually. But, 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 even, but even when Bentacore plays, so Bentacore plays instead of Skip, I mean, Bentacore or Hoybier, we still get outnumbered in midfield. Even, even with the skill of Bentacore, we still get outnumbered because he has no one to play with. 
Oh, if yeah, he had certainly. a lengthy midfielder that was a good, was good on the ball. Oh, I'm not defending the opposition would never touch the fucking ball. <laughs> no, but individually, you're right about the players themselves. Like I said, Hoybier has the ability to make very progressive passes. We've seen him do it even this season. He when he has the score, time, but the system doesn't give him the space or put well, him in the position no. to do it. Um, he, he, he's he's too busy co- covering the defense, and we haven't talked about Dyer playing very direly once again today and making tons of mistakes. It was and very dire. It was very dire indeed. And um, so Hoybier has to and Skip. You're right. Have to have to keep a defensive mentality. Our wingbacks have to keep a defensive mentality, and that's pulling basically the entire team. After that penalty that we had that we scored, I felt like we were under siege. And I think our players felt like they were under siege. And that was while we outnumbered them. We were we had better quality, we had better numbers, and we were a goal up. And we were playing like they were about to run us over. And the reason for that is, is because we have players that are doing multiple positions. Okay. They're covering. They're, they're covering themselves and they're covering other positions. So you have a you have the three centre backs that are covering the full back positions, and then you have the wing backs that are covering the full back positions. So you're playing uh, eleven players that are playing fourteen positions. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's because when you watch Man City play, okay, I I always I hate the comparison, but I'm going to do it. When you watch Man City play, they play two centre backs and they play two wing backs. Okay, but they only play two centre backs. Okay, but they have three in midfield. And it looks like they're outnumbering the opposition right. because they can because they're only playing their own position and no one. This guy is tasked with one thing. To yeah, do. they're tasked with yeah. one thing to do, and that's it. So they always look like they're outnumbering the opposition, whereas we always look like we're being outnumbered yeah. because our players are playing multiple positions. And another thing too that we we just I know Mike Michael, you just brought up uh, like Dyer, and he had a few shaky moments. For me, another thing, how many times did Hugo throw somebody under the bus today with playing out from the back with him? I that don't was, know why we play out from the back. Was, I have no clue. It was such a nice... Hugo, again, one of the best. He is, without doubt, the best shot stopper we've ever had at this club. That being said, it was such a refreshing change of pace to have Forster for the last Agreed. couple of weeks when we didn't have to shit ourselves every time we played it back to yeah, Hugo and wonder, oh my God, like who's he... He threw it to Dyer. He passed it to Dyer like a few times in the middle of the park when Dyer was surrounded by like three people. And then we were like, Dyer gets bullied off the ball and we're like, oh, Dyer, you suck. Where it's like, why the hell would you play it there? Right. Like, right. <laughs> Jesus, like lump it up. Do anything different. But it, it's just, it was so much more of the same today. It is. But see, see, if you have the extra midfielder, then your goalkeeper can lump it up into the middle of the field. Yeah. Because, because you've got more of a 50-50 chance yeah. to win possession. But yes. when you don't have, when, when you're outnumbered in midfield, if you hit it long, you, the chances of you retaining possession is like 70-30. And I think that's the big thing is that we are so set up, again, like Michael had mentioned earlier, like the job of the managers to get, to set us up so that we play to the strengths of our players. And it just feels, it is the exact opposite of that. It is... It honestly seems like every bit of formation and structure that we put into place is working against our talent. We need and to play four defenders. I'm uh, I, I am so adamant about this. We need we need to play fullbacks. 
Do we have the players at this point to play for at the you back can, right you, can, you can play Tanganga at right back. You can play Ling uh, at left back. And, and that Abbot- alone would yeah. be worth it. And that, would, uh, that would be right. worth it. Because, yeah. because then you Because then what you would get out of Poro, for example, you or get, what you get, yeah. Uh, yeah, what you get it would be much more worth it on the other end. Because they go forward. Yeah. And then you, uh, then you uh, put Sun on the bench, and they put a mixture midfielder. So we're playing 4-5-1. And then suddenly... You're winning all the possession in, in, in midfield. Suddenly, you have uh, you know the, w- the wingers can go forward without having to worry about tracking back. You have, a, you have the midfielders running forward without having to worry about tracking back. And we know what the quality is up top. So yeah. if if on, right. the, if on the back end, it's like, well, look, we uh, we gave up a goal or two that were pretty cheeky, bad bad defensive work by us. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's six two. <laughs> like we had six. We have Kane, Son, Kulczewski, Richarlson. We have guys up top that are not being utilized. It's you have like Kane has been what the Golden Boot winner? How many times? Three. Son was the Golden Boot winner last year. Richarlson is who he is. We know what Dayon is, and these guys are not being utilized to their strengths. So I'm with you. I think if we did play four like four defensive players, if even if there is. A little bit of a lapse, and we have a little bit of get kind of like chinks in the armor, if you would say, like just eh, not our how, best. Well, how, there. How, it would be so much more worth it on the front end when we are getting five or six goals a game. Stellini's not going to change it, though. Well, that's Let's my question, it. right? Does does Stellini just feel like he's not? You know, I'm an interim head coach. I can't make that decision. What 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 is he waiting for? Well, and I think it, cause a lot of it comes down to, and uh, um, the media hasn't really talked about it. Ryan Mason's about to have a, a child. I think it would have been Ryan Mason re- doing this that. job if it, if it hadn't been for that. I think that's the reason why Stalini got asked to stay man, as Mason's, interim. Mason's got a couple kids already. I mean, yeah. he's got a few kids. I follow him and but his I, uh, on Instagram. But I think it's going to happen in the next few weeks, so like they probably don't yeah, want to bring him I, in I, and then I, have him You know what, play. though? I think that's... Well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up with one comment, okay? We have a problem at Spurs where the fans know the players and what they can and can't, can't do better than the management. Well, so, that's, that's what I so, said. I go, it's four of us sitting in the back of a pub. We know what the lineup is. Yeah. What do you think the right. Everton no, no, staff no, no, is? No, like, no, that's not what I mean. We, you know, we've watched these players for two years or whatever, or three years, the same players. We know what they can and can't do. We know the kind of positions they would prefer to play in. And, it, and it's like we're looking at it and we're being frustrated because the management is going, no, we're not going to play that way. We're going to play three at the back and two wing backs. And we're looking at it going, but we don't have wing backs. You know, we don't have, we don't have proper centre backs. We don't have, a, you know, a playmaker in midfield. And we're looking at it going, why are you doing this? Why? And it just seems like if you got a fan off the street and put him on the bench and gave him a voice and just said, look, before the game, just have a word with this guy and say, well, what would you do? Right. And the fan would go, play 4-4 four, four, fucking 2. That's <laughs> right. what the fan would do. Right. <laughs> it's like Ted fucking Lasso. <laughs> yeah, at this right, point. Really. Like, Send me over there. 4-4-2. Four, four, See, again, we keep, we, keep, we keep throwing out just epic. This, this might be... We might have this episode with a hundred titles. Like <laughs> four, four, fucking two is on. There. <laughs> like that might be the episode title as well. But for me, the big thing is, I was hoping to see Stellini come out today and try and make. This is basically his audition tape. It could be. It's it if, if you're him, be. he clearly has. He wouldn't have stayed on if he doesn't have some aspirations to become a like actual 
head coach himself. Well, 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 what gets me? So this is his like this is his opportunity well, to I, go. I, I totally make agree. it your own. I totally agree because what does he have to lose? We're yeah, playing like shit right. right now. You literally have a free ten games to go. Make your audition. If we, if he wins ten straight games, even if it's not getting rehired as top, well, he already coach, did. Well, he then, did already didn't win the first. Yeah. So. Well, it's like <laughs> no, but no. If, if he were to just go out there and succeed and make it his own, this is his audition. He could then be take his pick of the lot and become the head coach. At and if we lose, whatever, you like, know, people just say, "Well, he was an interim head yeah, coach and he inherited a it's crappy a free system." Hit. No one feels bad. No, hundred percent. He has nothing to lose. But I was hoping he would make it his own. So what? But what worries me is if he has nothing to lose, and he picked a he picked a three four three, exactly what and exactly the same system with exactly the same players that Conte would have picked. Exactly. Now he has nothing to lose. So and yet and, and and like you say, this is his audition for future management. Yeah. So did he pick it? Did he pick this because he was worried that if he changed it, it would go wrong? Or did he pick it because he actually believes that this is the right way to go? Now, if it's the second one, then he needs to, he, you know, he needs to go. And he's a disciple of Conte, obviously. Yeah. I would assume so. But you've got you know. you've got to you've got to look at the games that we play and how we play, and 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 the players and, and what the players are doing, and go. This is not working. I don't care what your personal beliefs are, you know, because you can play that system when you have the right players. Right, you, know, you could. You, but you, know, you go through the summer and you go, okay, I'm going to buy two wingbacks, I'm going to buy two centre-backs, I'm going to buy more midfielders. You know, when, when you have the players, you can, you, can, you can play that system. But when you don't have the fucking players, what you should do is adapt the team to the players that you have. I mean, it's exactly what you said, Michael. And, it, and it's frustrating for every fan. Yeah, well, I think this is a good place to go to MVP, which uh, I think we all know our LVP, but... Um, Poro, Poro, yeah. Poro, Poro played well again. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, him. The difference between Poro and Kurosevsky and Roy and Kurosevsky is night and day. They inter, they interplay, they interpass, and Poro never steps on Kurosevsky's feet. Whereas when Roy does it, he's all over Kurosevsky, and Kurosevsky always has a bad game when Roy plays. Uh, Roy plays well, but he doesn't. Interplay with Kulisevsky. I think Roy might be a better fit for Richarlson, actually, yeah. if like you're, if you're right. going to play Richarlson in that position. But mm. yeah, good point. Okay, uh, Michael, who do you have? I was going to say the same because of the same thing. The the passing between Poro and Kulisevsky created the most chances that we really had, even though they didn't lead to any chances. But I, it's funny. It's pathetic. The only thing I can really say is they those two came the closest to creating chances that may have led to something. Um, oh, there, there were a number of crosses. That right, and even in. then there, there was a number of crosses, yeah. and, and it came from that interplay. They outplayed Everton on that right side really, really well throughout. And shame on us, though, for not utilizing that. Like, I thought we should have been, we should have been pummeling it down the right side. Well, that's you know, again, we're playing out from the back when we should be just lumping the ball onto the right wing. We should have been, yeah, we, we didn't. I'm, I'm going to say the same Um Although I will say, shout out to Harry Kane yep. for his Oscar-worthy. I mean, that was that's those are the dark arts that can and win. He got or, a good shot. Yeah, those good are the. Yeah, he, he literally could have hold up his boot to the microphone and go, "I'd like to thank my family." Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was. I mean, all people that trained me in the past and people for this, bitch for and people opposing honor. fans be like, "Oh, like what a dive! He didn't get hit that hard." But look, 
We all remember the time that we beat United 6-1 at Old Trafford. Yeah. And Lamella for the face. Would we have would we have that great memory if it wasn't for Lamella taking that cheeky dive off like the love tap to the face? Those are the dark arts that win or lose matches. Well, and so fair play to Harry on that one. Well, what basically what happens is if, if a player puts hands on the face, it's a red card. Yeah. But the trouble is if you don't go down, the referee won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the referee it's the referee's fault. You know, right? You know, if you go, you know, if he if he gets slapped in the face and you go ref, he slapped me in the face. The ref is not going to do anything. If you go, if you fall down and roll around on the ground, the ref will send him off. It's yeah, a, it's a refereeing. I, I, I don't think it's like a player being cheeky. No, it's a refereeing. It's a refereeing. Would you say is who's your MVP? Oh here? yeah, I'm. I'm going to agree with you guys, Poro. Like, and he's been MVP for most of us the last. Uh, three podcasts. He is, so he is, it, it really is. Uh, could you imagine if we had had him since things. fucking August? Like, oh, how much yeah. better if they got it done, be, yeah. that, done then? My yeah. God. Yeah. It would have been so much better. He is better. a class above what we're used to out on the right wing. Yeah. I mean, it, would, it certainly would have won us a few more games. Like, we would be maybe sitting solidly in f- fourth place instead of this. Uh, like, now, now we're probably still in fifth place. We were right? in fourth place in fourth on right goal now. differential. But like, oh, what is and United has like two games that, in yeah, hand. Both honestly. Newcastle and United have two games. Yeah, in hand, so I, I know the games. Well, I'm, I'm aware about Man United. They're going to implode. If we wanted, they to finish so top, many games. If we wanted to up. finish top four, like this was a game that we needed to have. I mean, yeah. for God's we're, sake, we're fucked. We were playing <laughs> like, for no. I don't think so. Man United have got so many games because they're still in the FA Cup. They're still in Europe, and and they've got you know twelve. No, eleven Premiership games left, so they're gonna they're gonna blow up at some point. But Newcastle like, looked brilliant this weekend. Yeah, but so. Newcastle will get third and we'll get fourth. That's what I reckon. Well, and Lucas is obviously our LVP. You can't come on the pitch as a substitution and then get a stupid red card. But uh, does anybody have anybody else uh, that they want to point out some poor I mean, performances for? Dyer was bad. Son was son bad. Hoybeard. But again, uh, see, this is the problem with our team. The, the players are playing badly because they're not playing in the right system. Yeah. I mean, Sun was, was you know... Miserable got, today. Yeah, yeah. golden boot winner last year. Yeah. But it's, it's, the, it's the equivalent for any, like, any American... Like, uh, for an American sports analogy. It'd be like if you were talking, like, baseball, let's say. And you took your center fielder and you had him pitch that day and he got smoked. And you were like, well, he was the worst player. It's like, yeah, because yeah. he's not a fucking pitcher. No. <laughs> like, right. Did so it's like, how do, we, how do we attack Sun when we're just like, he's not being, he's not being told he, to play he his tried best. to find space yeah, today, it's, too, it's, to it's, shoot. It's you so can see tough. him looking. It's so tough to find an LVP when it's like, you want to call him out for being LVPs. But at the same time, you're like, it's... It's not your fault. Though Dyer... It's Lucas Mora. It's your fucking fault. Dyer, you were told to come out and see out the game, and you fucked it like an absolute psychopath. But again, Dyer, Dyer is receiving the ball in the center of the park with no midfielder to pass <laughs> yeah, to. Exactly. And no fullbacks to pass right. to. And then we're all like, wow, I can't believe he lost the ball there. You're like, well... Yeah, it was him against three people. Well, our whole defense cycled it around our own box so many times that, I mean, it was going to well, give me a heart attack. Well, again, but, partially the system's fault, but also... Man, where's the, at some point I'd rather just clear it than play as if the field is the size of our box. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap up the half. Um, the second half, we have a shit ton more to talk about. We we've got we're going to talk about how the Conti, <laughs> yes. Conti sacking went down. Good. Um, 
how the um, <laughs> and if you uh, thought that per, first per, half was pessimistic, stay tuned for the second half. We're gonna be real. Paradigy per, per, <laughs> on on leave and all the bullshit that a lot came of with fun that. Things to talk about <laughs> um, the the coach search, all the that that nonsense. And thank you for for contributing to our poll. If you participated on Twitter. Um, and then we will preview the Brighton match, but first we're going to go to Luke's Locks. Luke's Locks! All right, all right. Welcome back. Luke's Locks. Here we go. First up this week is going to be a Wednesday game, so make sure that you get your bets in quickly. It's going to be Man United minus a half goal at home against Brentford. United suffered a bad loss at the weekend to Newcastle, and that was a very important game for them, and now they find themselves in the thick of a top-four battle. So I expect we'll see a refocused United side, and they shouldn't have any trouble bouncing back and getting all three points, so take United minus a half goal at home against Brentford. Next up is going to be a game involving our beloved Tottenham Hotspur, and... I wrote this before today's game, so this even now sounds better. We're going to take under two and a half goals in Spurs at home against Brighton. Brighton are an organized side defensively, and we will have most of the possession, which means we will probably not have a lot of goals. So take under two and a half Spurs at home to Brighton. Third on the docket is going to be Manchester City minus a half goal away at Southampton. Uh, Not too much analysis that needs to be said on this one. It's a hungry city side that's getting into sixth gear as they get ready for the home stretch, and they will take the game to an inferior Southampton side and grab all three points. So take City minus a half goal away. Fourth and finally, a game that I always hate giving out, but it has been a great source of free money, and that is Arsenal winning away at Liverpool minus a half goal. I'm not going to go into this because I don't want to talk about Arsenal, but it's free money. They're a very good side, and they're demolishing teams. So take Arsenal minus the half goal away at Anfield. There you have it. There's your four free picks of the week. Let's go get rich, kids. And now, here's Michael. Well, if you want to get rich, you can also bet on the Chicago Spurs rec team, which is starting a new season April 29th at the top of my head. We're going to be starting a new outdoor season at the Chicago Fire rec uh, league. Uh, we just wrapped up another fantastic league. Our team worked really hard. We pushed really hard. And at least I played very, very well. I'd rate myself a 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> and 95 on FIFA, maybe. But if you want to rank yourself on FIFA in real life, you can join us, too. You can find us through all of the social media, you know, Chicago Hot Spurs on Instagram, or the Chicago Spurs Twitter, wherever you connect with us, or find me in my back corner seat at the Atlantic. I'm always in the same seat every single time. Um, we're looking for players. We're excited for an outdoor season after a couple seasons, couple months in the dome at uh, Chicago Fire. And if it's any incentive, there is a bar built into the field. So afterwards, uh, you can catch us for a drink or two. Well, the schedule up. And uh, hope to see you soon on the field uh, where you can actually be the star of the game with Chicago Spurs' rec team. And if Tottenham themselves keep playing like shit, this is a perfect audition. Come play for our Sunday League team. Come play for our rec league team. And you could be the next midfielder alongside Hoybear and Skip. You're right. <laughs> you, you have the opportunity to win more trophies <laughs> yeah. than Tottenham Hotspur has in my lifetime. So take that chance. Join us at the Chicago Spurs rec team. Well, thanks, uh, Lucas and Michael. Um, I want to roll the conversation in, so we got a lot of lots to talk about before we preview the Brighton game. And uh, w- w- 
our last episode before the international break, we Conte had made his comments. We kind of all knew he was out the door. Um, and it kind of took a while before he, he finally was sacked. So we're going to start with just the how the Conte sacking went down, um, which was, to me it seemed like uh, we were – we didn't ha- have any ideas in mind, and it took a, a while for us to get to the point where, okay, this is what we're going to do. Lucas? Yeah, uh, for me, like what you just basically alluded to, for me in one word, it'd be weird. I thought the whole way that that went down was weird. We knew as soon as he made that like presser that was with all like his rant and all of his comments, which, by the way, he said nothing that wasn't true. Right. He was bang on with everything he said. But as soon as that happened, we knew, all right, it's over. So why it took, like, another, like, eight days before the sacking happened, it it was so... And again, I'm sure there's, like, financial... Levy's probably thinking about a million different things, but it it just seemed so weird that we hung on for, like, another, like, eight days before it was... We all knew we were going to be going our separate ways. It just just felt so strange. Well, basically what happened was he he did the press conference. I mean, left for Italy straight away. He gave the players two days off, and he was in Italy. Yeah. So, you Must know, be nice. it, yeah, it, it wasn't like Levy had the chance to talk to him face to face because he was gone. Yeah. It's like he, he said what he said and he was off. Which I it's assume was on purpose, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it was absolutely on purpose. So that, that was partially the reason why it took so long. Um, as for the rest of it, I think we all knew and we were just waiting for it. It was like we were waiting, we were waiting for the Trump indictment and we were waiting for Conte to go and it happened within a day of each other. It was like, it was, you know. Well, here's the thing about they it. They both dragged out. Yeah, right, they both, they both dragged, dragged out. out. But and, but, but that was the 3-3 Southampton draw. That was the, the final straw for that presser. He had an easy way of, in the short term, saying the penalty wasn't deserved. We could have played, you know, we played well. We played better than them. It could have been our win. Why am I pointing that out? Conte could have bought himself more time. He chose to get fired. He could have bought time. He had excuses that were valid for that game that he could have made, despite how you know, poor I think that performance was. He didn't need to kill himself. He didn't need to fall on the sword at that moment. Uh, you know, beware the Ides of March, I guess, but it was his choice at the end of the day. It was not, you know, the club making the decision and he really wanted to stay on it. No. In the moment when he could have made covering excuses, where he could have said, stick with me, and Daniel Levy and the club may well have stuck with him, which is part of why I wonder about how long it took to actually get rid of him because maybe they were still deliberating. Seems like he made this choice himself, and the rest of us just had to deal with it. Well, and then they did it in the dead of night. Right. In England, like where a lot of people were already asleep. Yeah, it was like 11 o'clock, it was 11 p.m. The club didn't seem enthusiastic about making that decision, and that makes me think, uh, you know, it, it redoubles my view that this was a Conte decision, not a club decision at all. It... To me, yes and no. I, I'm with you 100. percent He, it was his decision to leave, but for me, the big problem is why. Why is you? Why? Why was? Because again, this it basically explains the fact that we've been wondering for the last what six to eight months. Like, is he going to sign a new right, deal? Right. We've been wondering that the whole time. So, where has this disconnect been, in which a manager doesn't one of the best managers on the planet doesn't want to be part of our club? That's, to me, the big problem. And it's, it's the same thing. We ran out Mourinho. I know a lot of people didn't like Jose because he's a prick. 
but it doesn't mean he's not one of the best managers in the world. Right. And he's won a club or he's won a trophy with every single club he's been at except one. So why did Mourinho, why did Conti, why, why are two of the best managers that have ever set foot at our club be like, I don't want to be here? Well, and to me, that's the big problem, and that's what needs to change. Because well, he was backed. Well, pe- people will blame Levy, and people will say, well, Levy didn't back him. Yes, Levy did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. He gave him 150 million fucking uh, pounds. To be fair, though, we didn't... We signed Richarlison for 60 million, our most expensive player ever. But where was he going to play? As a bench player. Like yeah, but where was he going to play? That's not the thing. It's we, we all talk, and that's one of the reasons that I don't get worked up when we do like transfer windows. Everyone just, excuse me for being a bit crass here, but everyone just jerks off like, what a great window that was. We don't know. You, you can't decide whether or not it was a good window for like a couple of years. Everyone was like, wow, we just got all these good players with the bail money. Two of them maybe two I'm like one was Erickson one and, and one Lamella is like a half because he couldn't stay healthy but like bar that the other so, five were fucking bums so a good window is when we get the goals that we the club publicly or we think the club wanted so we had we that, had that's exactly the case that's a good window uh, a good window is when you buy the players that we the fans think we need see but again we it, it's not about I, I, I like to be wrong I'm gonna be pessimistic I wanna be proven wrong for me, it's hand. If we're gonna back a manager, we have to hand him the keys. We have to hand him the keys and say, "This is your club. You do what you need." And Levy, your job is to just be. If he wants him, I go for it. But I think we'll, we did we'll leave because we can't have Levy involved in these decisions. Well, Levy hasn't been involved. Something has to change. Levy hasn't been involved. No, I think Paradigy was Paratigy involved. Le- we'll Levy, Paratigy see, later, but again, but. this is such a cop out, though. Levy, Paradigy, like Enoch, like everyone wants to like something has to be. Look at the common denominator. They're the common denominator, and we've now had multiple managers in a row that can't get what they want done, and we're a club without trophies. No, see, I'm, no, the I, one thing that is constant is Levy. No, I, I, it's, it's those are. No, I kind of disagree because in this instance, just for context, because we signed Richardson for sixty million. Okay, is the Brazil was that somebody that Conte wanted though, or was that a Levy? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. It, it, he's the Brazil centre forward. He plays up front for Brazil and scores lots of goals for Brazil. Okay? We signed him. Any manager in the fucking world would go, thank you. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's him wanting him or not wanting him. Any manager in the world would go, thank, I've got Sullen Kane and now I've got Richardson. I mean, thank you very what, much. What a choice. Okay? Yeah. It's his choice not to fucking play him and he didn't. But again... Where was he supposed to play him? No, but over Harry Kane. Well, he he gets <laughs> like, to choose what this. He gets. He gets to choose the system. He gets to choose. True, and I I, 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 I will be the first to agree with you on this. Conti's lack of flexibility was the reason that he didn't work here. Right, I think that's it the was, answer. His lack of that's flexibility the was the reason he didn't work here. But what I'm saying in the grander scheme of things is when we get a new manager in, how in the hell am I supposed to believe that some new manager is going to work out? When every single manager that we bring in has problems with the way that our club is run, right. and we're going to get to that later when we our club we, is clearly run in a talk weird. Talk about who we're going to bring in. We're the only team that like hasn't won a fucking trophy since two thousand eight. But again, I disagree slightly because we, we're, there's clearly we're, something we're, underlying that is bigger and more important, and it's the reason why we bring in world class managers and they don't work. Again, I slightly disagree because we've tried it. 
without a, without a director of football. We've yeah. tried it with a director of football. We've tried it with multiple directors of football. We've tried it with no directors of football, and it still hasn't worked. But what's the common denominator? The, the, I think the common the, denominator the, is managers across the board that we've had that aren't trying to use the players at their disposal. They're trying to use the system that they favor. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I think the common denominator, well... Is really that our managers are not using our players in the most effective. No, I can, I, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly what the common denominator is. Exactly. Okay. Now we have a wage structure, a wage uh, bill that's a certain amount. Okay, which means we can have a good first eleven. Everything else is garbage. Okay. Now when you look at the Man City team, they have a good first eleven and they have a good second eleven. Okay, because their wage bill is humongous. Make them, make them afford to have 50 million pound players sitting on the bench. Okay, we don't do that. We have why? B- because we're well, restri- we're not owned by an oil. Yeah, who's Arsenal owned by? Like they just look at what they just did. Like, there's no, clearly no, a way of doing it that you don't have to be. Leicester won the fucking league. Like there's clearly a way of doing it that we're not doing it no, right. But, but, see, when you talk about Leicester. Leicester had a good uh, first eleven, and they had superb backups. They had, what they about had Arsenal this year? Arsenal well, this year, they backed their manager, and they were like, right, they, "We're going to invest in no, your style." They made one or two yeah. big player buys, no, uh, but in general, it didn't. Change. Arsenal have been. It took four years. I, I, exactly. I, I, it's like I, they I, backed them the entire I, way. Conte is not a four-year coach. I don't really, coach, go, I don't really, really go to Arsenal. Mourinho is not a four-year coach. I, I don't really, really go into Arsenal, but I'll, I'll tell you why it works with Arsenal right now. It's because they haven't got any injuries. They ne- Soccer's never hasn't been injured. Only God hasn't been injured. Jesus has been. Uh, Jesus was injured, but they, but, but they, they only play one striker anyway, so it doesn't make much difference. Uh, they haven't had injuries. They haven't. Uh, they, Party was out for a couple of games, but not really. You, uh, Martinez was out for a couple of games, but not really. You know what I mean? They, they have maintained their starting eleven for a long time. I, I, and uh, here's uh, something. Here's something though that I. Th- Again, listeners will know Tommy, who's always on. He's my roommate. Tommy and I have talked a thousand times, and it's something that I kind of... How much of this needs to be thrown to the players? Because I asked what the common denominator is. You know what a big common denominator is? A lack of leadership from the players. Well, remember... Harry Kane is the best player that's ever worn the Tottenham shirt, hands down. Right. But every cup final, he's a ghost. Every... Like, when it comes down to today, like, how come today against Everton, Harry Kane, we just had a goal and a man advantage? How come his ass wasn't rallying people up trying to get the ball forward, because, trying to be aggressive? Because, he is, like, there is a lot of this has to come down to the players. Because, but, uh, I tell you, I tell you it's exactly. easier to sack a manager than sack all 11 of these I, I tell you what it is. Uh, there, there are two types of players. Generally, there are two types of players. There are the soldiers and there are the generals. Okay. The generals control the tempo of the game. The Who's our general? The, that's exactly the point. We, have no we don't have one. We don't have right. a uh, midfielder player or a centre-back that is the general that everybody respects and everybody will work hard to you know, ingratiate themselves to. And that's where I go with the denominator thing was even when we had Jose and like COVID hit, Jose Mourinho was breaking COVID rules to take Ndombele and Sissoko and go do a run around like Hyde Park. Because like, if he, he was... <laughs> He was like, I need. He was making an effort, trying to be like, I need someone to be a leader. Because if you if, if you go back to the Man United, the Man United era when Man United were really good, they had Roy Keane in their central midfield. Now, every one of their players was shit scared of Roy Keane. 
Okay, because I'm still, they, because, I'm still because, afraid of Rakim. <laughs> because they knew if they didn't play well and they didn't play up to standard, he would have them up against the wall in the dressing room, going, "What the fuck are you doing? We don't have that player." Well, yeah. to be fair, um, just to wrap things up, maybe. Well, first of all, it's interesting that amongst the four of us, I don't think we all have an answer we all agree on on what the hell's going on and what's the common denominator. That we don't have answers to those questions. But to, to your point that you were just discussing, uh, remember when we were all complaining about how Tottenham was a second-half team? At, at some point, the players are digging deep because we see that at least for a long time, we were pushing, pushing, pushing at the end of games to the last minute to get that goal. So I agree with you that we don't have a leader, but the players individually are playing with everything, I think. It's a, it's a, there's a lack of personal motivation behind it from, from a, a leader in the team, but I do see most of our players playing their heart out most games. It's I don't know if that's enough, and I don't know if that's But see, again, and it's also it's very easy to come into the second half and give everything at the end. <laughs> when, you've when you just literally, like, you spend 45 minutes doing nothing, that's and then it's like, enough. wow, they look fresh. But it's like, because the, they've done nothing right. for 45 minutes. But there's minutes. still some, something yeah, to be I'm, said about I'm, uh, And again, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a lack of effort or pat, like, it's not a lack of effort. Like, you're right. The guys are putting it's their... It's a mentality putting, more but than... Yeah, I'm looking for... Today wasn't about effort. It was choices. It was we chose... The moment we brought on Dave Sanchez, it became about, let's try to protect this one goal lead. Why in the hell, when you're up one against a relegation side, with a man advantage, would your mentality ever be, let's protect this one goal lead? Why wasn't it, let's make this a five goal lead? And that's the thing that that's where we have the lack of with our players. But, but it wasn't about effort; it's about mentality. And because it's, it's because we, we we have cowardly management. That's what it is. Right. Well, Certainly, a manager that we needed to take charge and didn't. The, ma- the manager. And the, I ma- think the, ma- the manager should come out and say, you know, the manager should come out and say, you know, at, at half time, he should have said, you know, we're going to go for this. And then when we went the men up, you know, the game stops for five minutes while that red card was going on. The manager should have been on the side of the pitch going. Right, thanks. Kill Here we go. And, and again, Kill him. And I, I will, second goal and fuck him. I'll wrap this up, but I'll kind of end with a question, which is the worst. But to me, it's... That's a horrible way. I, I know, I know. But it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 but it's how we all feel right now. And yeah. the big thing is, again, we've been a better club than Man United for like the last six years. They brought their new manager in there, and they just won a trophy. They just, they just won a, like, United just won a trophy within eight months. So what is our common denominator? What is the problem that we can't sort out? And again, with today, and the reason I'm like, I'll end it with a question is, how in the hell am I supposed to believe that whatever manager we bring in next is going to sort it out? Because right. the manager is going to be a new thing. He's going to have nothing to do. The common denominator, we haven't figured out what it is yet, but it's still going to be there. Whether it's the players, whether it's Levy, like it's all still going to be there, and the new manager's going to come in. How am I supposed to be like, well, I believe in this guy. He'll sort it out. If Jose and Conte couldn't. Well, like, speaking of potential new managers. Well, uh, I first want to go to, um, uh, uh, we have to talk about Paradigy. Um, right. So uh, Paradigy comes out with a club state. So the club puts him out on a pedestal uh, on social media and allows him to talk to the the fan base and the the Spurs community in general one day then then the very next day um, finally FIFA makes the decision that like no you can't operate 
due to the Juventus issues that we've talked about in past episodes. I, we, we don't need to circle back to all that nonsense. But all of a sudden, he can't do his job anymore. Um, I, 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 what's, I, so much, what's most frustrating to me before you go, Rick, mm. is, the, is the fact that he... You had to have known that this was something that could have happened, and it's, it felt like Spurs had absolutely no plan to uh, of what they were going to do if Pratici uh, got banned from the game, when we could all see it coming. We've talked about it on this fucking podcast. I mean, we all knew this was coming, but the club acted like, oh, it's such a surprise when they put out their memo about what happened. That, that, was, that was just a bullshit thing. They knew. Um... um I actually, I actually think it doesn't actually matter that much because he has two assistants and it's not like he's not going to be on the end of a phone. You know what I mean? He, he can't work, but, you know, he can take personal phone calls and they can go, well, you know, we're looking at this player. What do you think? But do we want them to do that? Like, do you, are you well, okay well, with what, to legal issues? No, but that's, that's, what, that's what would happen anyway. Well, and I also, like, I want to throw this out, out there for you guys because... This is something that I thought about that, like, I'm like, ooh. Like, so we got a, a deal, a great deal from Juventus last uh, winter where we, we got Kuliszewski and Bentacor, both players that have been very good for us, and we didn't pay that much for them. Um, do you think there was an element of Paratici was maybe still helping Juventus cook their books because he knew that this – trouble was coming down the, the road Abs- absolutely yeah and, right. and does that put us in jeopardy um i don't think it does I in would, terms of fifa no and again i would say what puts us in jeopardy is the fact that we just lost a very good director of football that's what sucks and yes do you, i think that the those signings could have been some weird like paratici like trying to cook books or something of course 100 percent a scumbag game. They all do. Yeah. What what I will say is, I I am not a fan of Daniel Levy. I would like him to step aside. I would like to get. I, again, I don't want to be. I'm not one of those dickheads with like a Levy out sign and banging that drum. But that being said, one thing Daniel Levy has done phenomenally is there is no fucking chance he would put any of our like he would never put us at risk if he knew that like. Paradici doing something was gonna like cost us, especially financially. Like, that's fact, what, I suspect that he he like Levy, him Levy in. knows everything right. that's going around. I think 100%. he knew that there was yeah. this thing going on with the Ventus, and he knew he could get good deals out of it. And actually, <laughs> but he knew he was protected. Like, yes, yeah. I think Levy. He would never put the club at risk like that for what he yeah. did uh, in that regard, at least. Levy, excuse me. Levy would never put. He would never knowingly like put us at risk. He has. He right. has contingency plans for contingency plans when it comes down to Le- protecting Le- the Le- finance, yeah. yeah, legal right. and the the finances of the club. Like he knows what he's doing. That's okay. why I don't want Levy out per se, but that's another discussion. And, and 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 really, you have to wonder if is there a reason why the club would choose to keep him until it was impossible to keep Paratici? Is it is there some something in some contract somewhere where uh, firing him? Before this would cost us a lot more money than firing him after this. I don't know. It's like when he sacked Jose. It's like right. He sacked Jose right before a cup final because it would save us like 
twenty million dollars. Right. Like, so maybe you know, there was I would a rather reason. have. I'm not a shareholder, but I would rather uh, have the but trophy. If, <laughs> if they were prepared for that, you would probably not release a big interview the day before it happened. So even, uh, you know, they knew it was a possibility. They presumably planned for it. But really, what we've seen from that statement, the way it was written and worded, the way they handled it. It doesn't seem like they thought it was a possibility. It doesn't seem like there was a contingency plan where someone was, would immediately step up into the role, or even now, before Everton, that someone would step up into the role. It, it seems as though uh, they really did assume that the appeal would win. Yeah. And, and it probably will. And it probably will. Uh, so there must be some reason behind the scenes, though. I don't buy general stupidity as a reason, but maybe I'm being naive and optimistic. Well, well what, would, what would happen is, you know, if, if you... He's hi- not stupid. If, if you hire someone... There's a lot of things he's not stupid. Right. right. If, yeah, because if you hire someone that you know has got legal troubles, then, you know, firing them before the legal troubles become apparent could be seen as, you know, dubious in that effect. Right. So you, don't, you don't want us to get involved it, it was, in that. It was the same thing when we signed Basuma in the summer. So it's, Everyone it's, was like, oh, I don't know, Basuma's got these... Like, do you think Levy would have signed Basuma if he hadn't had, like, a team of private investigators or something, like, out knowing what the actual crack was with that no, entire so, situation? So like, Levy knew exactly what he was, and it was like, all right, good. No, so you, I know so, that this is never going to go to trial. This is a bunch of nonsense. We'll sign Basuma because you, on the Because team. you know Levy would, would say, man. look, yeah. uh, he would say, I, you know, I hired him. Um, you know, I thought the legal troubles would be resolved by now. Oh, we didn't really know. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, Levy knows. He yeah. just didn't want to put us in peril. So you know? do we really worry right now? Or, you know... Well, we don't have a director of football that can actively participate. No, but he's got, right. he's got, he's got, it's problematic. He's got two assistants that do probably a lot of a lot league Right, work. And, and many, I mean, Stellini, of course, has been working with him for a while, and they're both Italian and are in the same circles in the same world. And um, without a manager, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not a real issue. Maybe it looks worse than it actually because is. Because you, you don't, you, you have no clue whether the new manager coming in will want a director of football. Because we know, we know, um, Pochettino does. Pochettino it. doesn't. But we don't know. I don't want him as my manager. So yeah, but, pound sand. But, but, but you know what I mean. You, you you hire the manager first, and then right. go. And once we know, know what their vision is. Yeah. Um, exactly. If you, you know their vision and you go, okay, do you want a director of football? Do you want Parakiki? If you want Parakiki, we'll back him to the hill and we'll try him the thing. So if you don't, then we'll just drop may, him. Maybe I'm getting the consensus that maybe this isn't such a big deal. We just put this to the side until we figure out we the situation. We put it to the side until we get the new manager come in. Yeah. And right. I think that's, again, that's one of the big things. And that's probably why I feel as, I feel as low as I do right now. This is probably the lowest I've felt as a Spurs fan in a very long time. And it's not because we just lost points today or that type of shit. It's because I don't know what our like what long, our vision is what's yet. The like, long-term we don't vision? have a, we don't I, I don't know what like what's our plan. I will always back our plan. Even when we brought in Nuno, I was like, okay, he was like the 11th choice, but if he's got a plan, like I'm in. I will back the plan. But you have to tell me that there's at least a plan in place. Well, and right now, I feel like we are so lost at sea. It's 100%. Well, that's the problem. Nautical analogies, but yes. <laughs> lost at sea, rudderless, like we have no direction and it's it, 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 it just feels like it's such an empty feeling. Like, even if next week, we, this could be a segue into talking about Brighton, but even if we beat Brighton by six next week and we look awesome, 
I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Like, what's what's our goal? What is our plan? I was going to use it as a segue into talking about. Well, yeah, I just I just want to make one one point. Um, the reason why it's so frustrating that we don't seem to have a plan is because we're at a precipice right now. We have we have half the squad that doesn't need to be there. We have Harry Kane that could possibly leave because he's not signing a contract. So the new manager that's coming in has to decide: Do I want Kane, or shall I sell Kane for a hundred million and rebuild half the team? Um, Sun has not been playing well. Do I try and sell Sun for seventy million and get and get someone else? Um, do I uh, persist with Perisic? Do I persist with the centre backs? Do I get new? Mid- you know, we've got all these questions. In what you just said with like the precipice thing to me that. Rick, you and I have both supported this team our entire lives. You're just a bit older than I am. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. yeah, but... Well, here and there. But, yeah, like, my entire life... Like, even when I was a kid, like, and we sucked. Like, it was okay because, like... Oh, yeah, no, we, no, we, no, we had, like, a vision and we had, like, a plan, but we sucked. But it was because, like, okay, we couldn't get good players. The reason that this is so much more frustrating is, like, we now don't have a vision. And I have four fucking attackers up front that are... Players that any team in Europe would be just biting to try and get a chance of. Like, that's why I think it's so frustrating is, like you said, we're at a precipice. We have an opportunity right here that's... We have quality. <laughs> we do. We have amazing... We have amazing... Yeah, we have amazing players. We have a lot of quality. And we now have the best stadium in Europe. We have all this going for us. And... Now we find ourselves rudderless, and we're like, "Well, where do we go?" Because we don't. That's, that's why it's is frustrating as because it is. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Because we need to uh, to first bring in a new coach and hope that they can bring us uh, some kind of rudder uh, with them. I guess uh, if we're going to go with the rudder analogy, well, no. See, um, we, we we need a coach that comes in and looks at the players, forgets what's gone on the last eighteen months. He needs to look at the players. On the training pitch and go, what is the best system for these players? Right. I don't care what's happened before. I don't care what system you played before. I don't care what positions you played before. I need to look at each individual player and go, okay, you want to play centre back. You want to play winger. You want to play full back. Okay, let's go. I I couldn't agree more. Who is that? Who who, who is that? Well, it Uh, takes a coach. It's going to take somebody that comes in with a set of balls. You're going to have to have a set of balls and you're going to have to, and this is the biggest thing. You're going to have to set aside your ego. I was about to say, actually... You have to set aside your ego and be like, look, I've done things this way the entire time, but I've never had a team with Kane, Sen, and Kulichewski, and Richarlison. So maybe I... I'm poor. Maybe I adopt... (laughs) Yeah, maybe I adopt a new way of doing things. It's... To me, it's exactly the big problem was this summer when we had the friendlies, and everyone knows, always come to the Atlantic, we have all of the matches on, but we also do the friendlies in the summer. Right. So we had, like, the Spurs password, like, Spurs play, and we were watching the friendlies that we played this summer, and I forgot, we were playing somebody, and Conte was, like, trying Lucas Mora out as, like, a right winger. He was trying to make him be, like, oh, wing- he was trying to make Lucas Mora as a wing back, and I was like, okay, I thought he did okay. Great he looked, to try. He, he looked I pretty mean- good. I think it was when we played like Rangers in a friendly. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. Like Lucas Mora looked good. But the problem is I'm like, why are we trying to like maneuver Lucas Mora into your system? Yeah, square Instead of being like, head. yeah, like that was the other way around. It was such a red flag for me. And I was like, again, I'm the biggest Lucas Mora backer on the planet because we share, the greatest, we share the greatest first name on the, ever. It's, it's so simple. But I was like, why are we 
spending our summer instead of like hey like let's get ourselves in gear getting ready for the season to start we're like potentially doing tryouts to see who can maybe play a different position i'm like that's exactly what you're talking yeah, about no, it's like you, you, we need you, to have a manager that instead of doing free trials to who wants to play in my system adjust no you don't you see, you adjust don't, to the players you don't play the system you don't play the players in the system that you want you play the system that the players want yeah yeah and, well, and or need and or need well i i want to move the conversation along so uh we, 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 of course, had, like, uh, this past week during the international break as well, Nagelsmann get, uh, get canned over at He's Bayern going Munich. To Ch- He's going to Chelsea. Um, and now we've had a couple more sackings that came up. And um, Sam, our social media guy, did put up a poll for people to answer on uh, just with the – it threw Pochettino in there, but it, the, the, the most recent guys to the market, like who you would want the most – so uh, he asked us uh, uh, wh- who would want Nagelsmann, Pochettino, Graham Potter, or Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Pochettino did win this with uh, 48%. Uh, Nagelsmann had 43%, so just a little bit behind him. Uh, Potter, 6%, and uh, Brendan Rodgers, 3%. But um, but regardless, like uh, uh, let's have just a general conversation of who you guys want at this point to uh, to steer the ship. Um, and it doesn't have to be just these four guys. I mean, I, I don't think any of us want Brendan Rodgers, but um, uh, go ahead, Michael. Well, I don't know who I want, which is an annoying answer, but my, my first instinct is in this managerial merry-go-round, Pochettino feels most likely to choose us, and at this point with so many openings in so many places, that feels like... Because we have a preference for him uh, out of nostalgia, or maybe we think he's the right guy. That's for all of us to decide. But I think it's most likely. Uh, we, yeah. Oh, I just want to jump in. I consider it more of a, a musical chairs than a right, very right, good, right. Because yeah. like, there's so many people <laughs> that just became available, and uh, the, these uh, chairs are going to come off Who's the market, end up and with that uh, one? we're going to be the ones falling on our ass on the floor. And that instead feels of like get, the getting maybe a chair. either mm-hmm. Pochettino, where we end up getting someone who we haven't thought of from nowhere because we're the ones without a chair. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Rick, Rick was next. Rick, go ahead. I don't care. Simple as that. I literally don't care. What I want is a manager, like you said, with balls. I want someone that will come in, look at these players and go, you are a fucking crap. I don't know what you've been doing before. This is what you're doing now. I want you here, you here, you here. And if you don't play well, you are fucking dropped. That's what I want. And can I add to that? Uh, you know, while we're thinking about our best Tinder date for managers... Uh, long-term commitment, someone who actually wants to be at the club. So, you know, we've had Conte, and now we do know the truth about him, that really, at the end of the day, he wasn't interested in a long-term project. He wasn't – he was only interested in a long-term project if it was already winning. And if it wasn't, he wasn't willing to build it up and make it happen. And, you Which know – he never does. No, and, and we knew that about Conte going in, for the record, as you said. So wouldn't it be nice if our our uh, our uh, our, our – Super like on Tinder, whatever the hell it is, if they wanted a long-term commitment. So here's my thing is I can't tell you who I want. I can tell you who I don't want. That's Pochettino. We've talked, we've used this phrase a thousand times already, the common denominator. 
we know what Pochettino brings to our team. Sure, bit of fun, bit of good attacking football, no production. He's not a winner. I want someone that like tell me that tell me something new. Bring me something new to the table. That's what Pochettino will bring nothing new. We'll go back to sure, we all might feel nice. We're like, oh good, he wants to be here. We can all smile and put up the old Argentinian flag and like have that cool one or the Shout out to the guys in uh, South Florida Spurs that did the, they made the flag with Potts riding right. the jet ski. Like, right. That's class. But again, it's not going to bring us trophies. It's not going to bring us results. I mean, it's too much baggage. It, exactly, and it, and then and then we get into that weird section where we feel more. It's like nostalgia can't be a part of it. I don't care if it's the biggest. No, prick. This, I don't this, care. It, nostalgia it, lost six months. Exactly. So I don't care if it's a prick. But if he comes here and he gets results, everyone bashed Jose Mourinho, but nobody was bitching when Jose had us in first place a week before Christmas. True. Everyone's like, and then it was like, oh, well, I don't like the way he played. I'm like, well, you didn't seem to mind when we were in first place. Like, no, I did. Well, yeah. Well, Just we'll, to be fair to the Pochettino side, he he's the the first coach. He couldn't figure it out with fucking Messi. brought us like, into relax, like, uh, a top four for four consecutive seasons. He's the first he inherited a very coach good team. that brought us to a Champions League final. Um, and he In came, spite of himself. And he came out of that season and said to us that we need a painful rebuild, that that this squad is not going to cut it in the, in the future. He's, and sure enough, that's what happened. He and, had, and, we, and we sacked him after he brought us I to a Champions I League final. I didn't, didn't, I didn't want either. this to be a podge bashing session. I yeah. love the man. Right. But he's not a winner. We went to the Champions League final in yeah. spite of him. While that year, while we were going to the Champions League final, we didn't win an away match in the Premier League since January. Well, we beat January. We beat Fulham away in January off the Winks' last-second goal, and then we didn't win another. <laughs> we didn't win another Premier League away game until November, when Jose got his first game and beat West Ham. Well, so I, the entire time that like Son and Lucas Mora were doing their magic in like limping us into a Champions League final, and then have the rest of the year go under Mourinho, and then the year after that, like yeah, we were looking good for the first half, and then it all the, the the wheels came off for Mourinho after that. So I mean I, 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 I think it, I, I think exactly what Pochettino said was going to happen happened to be fair to the man True. like and, and, and maybe if though, we had backed him and this is why done the rebuild because he built us up the first time and got rid of all the dead wood and no but, people, but he also walked it was into the a two really fucking good windows team. that we no, didn't but, buy anybody for him people, that was the real problem that was his call no, I, but, no, I, I agree he no, was but people, chose not to buy people seem to forget the two months leading up to the Champions League final people seem to forget that every press conference he did he was subtly saying I don't want to be here anymore yeah. if we win the Champions League I'm gone yeah. you know, he was doing that for months and before also, that when Champions I said, League final when I used and it term, made me hate him when I use the term he's not a winner when we played now again Klopp had just been in the Champions League final they had just lost to Madrid so he had a little bit more experience but when we went to the Champions League final Klopp had his boys ready to go it was a business trip right Pochettino right. had us walking. He literally had our players walk over hot coals, singing Kumbaya, doing some God knows whatever the fuck that crap was. Like, happy to be here mentality. And Klopp was like, no, we're here to fucking win the Champions League. 
But and we they did. did. We, we did get fucked up. Now we, we got boned. We got fucked up. But who, do we, who do we end up with? Uh, I mean, we, we have Nagelsmann, who I have a feeling is going to go to Chelsea. Right. Of course um, we'll. Potts it's probably will we'll get, we'll get to Graham. Real if uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get Graham, we'll get Graham Potter. No, I, I, I actually disagree. I think Lewis Enrique will go to Chelsea. You think Enrique will go to Chelsea? Yeah, because he's a big-time manager that manages big-time players. And well, they've got big time players. Nagelsmann has turned us down before, right? For Bayern at some yeah, point. Yeah, but but the the thing so, was, the thing it was, was more like I think he was kind of interested, and then he got uh, he got the Bayern says, offer. Okay. I'm like, so right. here's the if thing: you're is going to get offered Bayern, you take Bayern. What's yeah. true? Ironically, which is such a bummer, is now who we bring in as a manager, finishing top four has a big part of that. That's what right. sucks. Is now we need to finish top four if we want to be, like get in the best right. manager. What manager is like? Yeah, I want to go to this shitbag team that's playing in right. Europa. And keep as Harry opposed, Kane and all. Yeah, the rest as of opposed it. to like right. a team that's going to be. So and, and again, there's with Chelsea. I think the one advantage we might have in getting in our manager choice over Chelsea is that Chelsea seems to not have patience. Chelsea, as Thomas Tuchel, you he won him the Champions League and then got sacked like. For having a bad you, six months. You, you know what? I, I, if I was Daniel Levy, I'd, I'd, I'd interview managers, and my first question would be to them: Is have you seen us play? And if he says no, I'd hire him. Yeah. Well, here's the big thing. Right. This will be my answer to the big question, Anthony: Is who do you want to bring in? I, I'm a fan. I'm here at the pub with you guys. It's not my decision. I want the biggest, best minds at our club to come together and say, this is what our vision is. This is what our goal is. And then you aggressively go after that vision with reckless abandon. And that's the big thing for me is we cannot have another Nuno saga where Nuno was doomed from the second he walked into... Feel bad for Yeah, oh my thing. God. The second he walked into Hotspur Way in Enfield, he was just like, I, I, I'm a nothing. Like, I'm the, I was the 11th choice. We cannot have a saga like that. We have to go after it. We have to immediately decide this is what we want. This is who we want. And then if he wants crazy wages, if he wants this type of things in his contract, whatever, go for it. But we have to be aggressive for our man. That's our vision. Because we can't just do another saga and show up next August and being like, well, this was our 11th choice, and right. hopefully we figure it out. And M- Michael, would, wrap it up uh, with yes, this. Yes, yes. I would rather have an interim coach for a little bit longer to get the guy who's the one that we want, who's the right one, than to say, well, <laughs> we've been waiting for so long. we got to hire someone. We're bringing back Nuno. We've got to, you know. <laughs> the return. I, I'm willing to be patient for the right Manager, or for at least someone who wants to be the manager, and and the club thinks has a good shot of well, being the manager. Well, that, that's the thing. We've we've actually got the fullback option because we can go. Oh, we'll just wait until the summer. I mean, we can we can we can secretly go for this target or that target, but we know if it doesn't work, we can go. Hey, Poch, you want to come? And we'll go. Yeah, right, um, exactly. So. Yeah, there's always that. Well, let's move the conversation along. So we have to preview a match. We're going to do this in like five minutes. I don't think we need to talk a lot about this uh, because it's. Dismal, and I don't think we're, our predictions are going to be that good for this. But we're, we're, take, we're taking on uh, Brighton at home on Saturday, April 8th. So this upcoming Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, and they're in sixth place in the league. This is not a bad team right now. Uh, 43 points. That's 12 wins, 7 draws, 7 losses. Um, they did uh, draw Brentford this past Saturday. And they do have to play a midweek match on Tuesday. So they have like well, one shorter day. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, it's Brentford. It's, Bor- it's uh, no, they Bournemouth. Just, they just yeah, drew Bournemouth. three three Bournemouth. to Brentford this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's Bournemouth. Uh, but they they have been on a um, undefeated streak of six matches. Uh, so I wanted to point that out. And uh, um, Alexis McAllister is their top goal scorer, top rated player. Um, we know like some of the other players like Marsh and Gross that are contributing to their team. Um, and yeah, we we won three out of the last uh, um, five against them. How are you feeling about this? I can describe this game in 11 words. I just counted them. They are going to play five in midfield and will lose. <laughs> that, that, that probably is. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that that probably dis- covers it. They're disciplined. Where, the, I mean, right. what, what more can I add to those 11 words, really? They're going to overrun us in the midfield and we'll lose. Lucas, do you have anything to? Well, what I was going to say is I don't think we're going to lose, but we're not going to win. So that's why, everyone, take your old pal Luke here and go for Luke's locks. Take the under. We'll probably get a goal. They'll get a goal. It'll be 1-1. But it, it's, it's frustrating. And, again, we played them in the away end uh, or in the away leg when we played them in, what was it, September or October. They hadn't been beaten at home in almost a year. And we went and got the job done. So it's... It, again, it's one of those things. Quality-wise, yeah, there's no reason we shouldn't win. Mentality, especially, yes, yeah, quality. Yep. I mean, system for sure. As yeah, we've like, talked about at, a lot. At home, we should be up there. We should be, we should be ready to take this team and bend but, them over. But, 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 but Brighton, and Bre- Brighton and Brentford are basically the same team. Yeah. They are a hundred percent committed to their manager and their system that they, 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 they play. So we either match that and, and let our quality shine through. If we don't match that, then we're fucked. I think we're going to learn a lot about our players this weekend. Like, yeah, th- I, I think that how this you is, bounce back after today, experience. like Jesus, we'll, we'll after see. After the last two weeks, we'll learn a lot you, about the mentality of our players. You bounce back Saturday. by playing a different fucking system, right? Oh, totally. Because uh, again, even if they have all the effort in the world and all the hustle and tenacity, it's like it's not going to matter if it's still Winks and Hoiberg alone in the midfield. Well, we, like, we, we have scraped by with while the While Pepe system. Sar sits there and just wishes he could still right, be back in Right, front. desperately. <laughs> like, uh, we have scraped through with this system before off of our quality, not because of the system, but despite it. And because the, the opposition doesn't press us. Right. When, when the opposition don't press us and we have time and space, then we're fine. As Everton showed us today. Yeah. So, so the que- and, and and Brighton, as we have seen, they will press. They, oh, yeah. They oh, they'll they, go for it. They might feel like, you know, on paper we're behind, but I think the general mentality that Brighton and every fan watching from both teams will have is, well, you know, Tottenham are shaky. Will, will the Seagulls push us over? The Gulls, rather, push us over? And I think that mentality is just begging for us to collapse. Well, and the other thing, too, is that that's something that teams feed off, too. So when we, when we score, we'll, we'll probably, when we play them, we'll score probably in like the 30th minute, let's say. It's not going to be a crippling blow to Brighton. They'll be like, okay, cool. They'll motivate. They'll know, they'll know that if they hang in there long enough, they'll get their equalizer or they'll get their chances because we won't be the team that, Usually, when you go down one nil, it's like, oh shit! Like now we gotta change everything. They won't change a thing. They'll redouble their yep. efforts. They'll, <laughs> they'll redouble. Put in, they'll put another person right. in the we'll midfield. Put, we'll, yeah. put, we'll put it this way: this is this is the Brighton mentality. This is what they're talking about this week. They're basically going, "Oh, how do we beat Tottenham?" Okay, we double we we, we double man the, the, the Brighton mentality for this week is easy. Double double mark Kane, overload the midfield, 
and when we have possession at the back, press us. It, you know, it, their, their scouting report on us must be the easiest thing in the world. It's like those three things. You do those three things, and you'll probably win the game. It, because we're so predictable in the way we play, and the system we play, and the formation we play, we are so fucking predictable that, you know, a, a blind snail could go, this is how you beat Tottenham. If, if Cellini starts us with four at the back, no one will be more surprised yeah, than our own but, players. But, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing. It would change. Brighton would not know how to respond they, they if would, we they started would like, with four at the back. If we played, and we crush them. If we, if we played five in midfield, came up front on his own and four at the back, Brighton would be going, what the fuck? And by that time, we'd already be a goal or two up. We could be a goal or I two mean, up. They would be bamboozled. And, you know, a bamboozled Brighton would be a lot easier to beat. Well, here's to hoping for something like that because I, I do think that if we start to change shit up, maybe listen to more Ryan Mason and, and less Delaney, I think we could see some but, of that. Because you don't, you don't have to be drastic about it. You just have to go, you have to do it like maybe for one half in one game. I mean, suddenly that puts doubt in the next opponent's face going, are it's, they going to do that or are they going to do that? Oh my God, we don't know. Well, for me, it's not even about doubt. It's about something to prepare for. Every team, like I made this comment on the podcast right before we played the second leg against Milan. I go, Milan, who sucked, by the way. They couldn't, right, they couldn't right. sort their fucking, they couldn't find their ass from their elbow. But yet, they knew exactly what we were going to throw at them. So all week in training, Milan was just prepped, like, well, we know exactly what to prep for. If we throw alternate looks at people, if we throw alternate formations, alternate players, if we use subs, if we do different things, it gives other teams things that they have to spend all week in training preparing for. They can't just prep for the exact thing that they know is coming. They have to prep for, well, what if Tottenham does this? What if Tottenham does that? Instead, it's like, well, they know they get to prep for us. When we have to prep for other teams, being like, well, we don't know what they're going to do. us. Every single team that plays us knows exactly what to prepare for. I literally don't think we do. I don't. The, the great managers like Alex Ferguson and uh, the, the league manager, I can't remember, the league manager of the 70s, what they used to do, they used to scout the opposition, play, the opposition team that they're going to play the following week. And what they used to do is they used to make their reserve players play as the opposition yeah. player. The opposition yeah, it's team. like a scout team. So, right. so you're playing, you're playing your eleven that you're going to play against the reserve players that are going to play in the system. And you can't, of the opposition. and you can't do that if you don't know what the opposition is going to do. Exactly. Well, okay. everyone does. Or you well, have g- to do give me your prediction, Luke. Uh, one one, one one. Uh, Poro scores. Poro. Okay. Uh, Michael. One one is a Harry Kane penalty. I never, ever do this. Never. Uh, but we're going to lose two 0 I never predict us to lose. We're going to lose 2-0 because yeah. we're not going to do what you said. No, we're not going to do what We're not going to change the system at no. all, yeah. We can dream. Um, um, I don't think we change the system either. I do no. think it's going to be a draw as well. I, I'm pre- going to predict a 2-2 draw. Um, I think we get a goal from Kane, and we probably probably get a goal from Poro because he's just been that good lately. But um, – I'm not going to have a big picture wrap up conversation because I think we've kind of ta- we've the whole episode's been a big picture conversation. Right. Um, it's a pessimism fest. <laughs> it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's been the pes- worst. pessimism fest that we have like a zillion names that we can pick from from this one. But I think this has been a fantastic episode. I appreciate all of you guys for being on. Uh, so uh, th- thank you to Rick, Michael, and Lucas for being on today. But that about wraps it up. Uh, 
And thanks to Tommy for editing today, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Barn Grill. Great to be recording here. Uh, find us on our many platforms. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms or, or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.